Hi, I'm Graham Mack, and welcome to The Pod 20. And on this week's show, I get intimate and personal with the ladies who present the Wine Chats podcast. You'll meet the host who doesn't like being on their own podcast. And you'll hear about a bloke who made an insect sting his testicles on purpose. And my special guest is the broadcaster, journalist and entertainer, Anthony Davis. He presents the podcast, Five Minute News. You'll know him from his radio work on LBC and Smooth, thousands of radio and TV commercials, and the voice of so many telly shows, including the Royal Variety Performance and Comic Relief. Anthony, you trained to be an actor as a kid and even appeared in Grange Hill. How come most of your adult work has been in media like radio and voiceovers, where you can't be seen? I was never comfortable with notoriety, and I have memories of being waiting at the tube station to go to school at the age of 14 and having children from another school singing the Grange Hill theme tune at me. And I found it very embarrassing because, you know, so much criticism is thrown at performers for their public persona and the way they behave and they never wanted to be in the public eye they just wanted to act that's really the the issue isn't it it's like you know all that extra stuff that comes with being in show business you don't train for that you learn how to learn lines you learn how to convey emotion you learn how to be a performer and work with other actors they never teach you how to handle the insecurity and the the nightmare that literally comes with it and for you know, and I have a, f- a couple of celebrity friends, and it's their least favorite part of their job. Um, so, and I was watching the Britney Spears documentary the other day, and I was like, wow, this poor girl didn't sign up for any of this. So, you know, this was a very clear thing with me from the beginning. I never wanted to be famous. I never wanted to, you know, I never craved notoriety. I just liked making noises with my mouth and, you know, tweaking my throat so because I could do impressions and that's all I really wanted to do. And so the moment I kind of got into radio studios, I was like, wow, I was 18 when I first went into radio. I was like, this is my natural home. And I'm much more comfortable talking to you, Graham, in this space than if we were at a party. And I'm sure you're the same because you've had a similar career to me. We, we, would, we, would, we would be much happier sitting in a studio doing this interview, much more relaxed. I can way be myself much more. <laughs> than standing holding half a glass of wine chit-chatting with other people in the, you know it's that's just the the natural that's just our natural makeup and when people say to us oh i don't know how you can do your job i say i don't know how you can sit in an office for nine hours a day <laughs> we gravitate towards the stuff we can do well you also did comedy though that would have left you pretty vulnerable wouldn't it well, comedy is like the ultimate vulnerability test, isn't it? Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, you have to be, you know, you, you, you need to have all the attributes and be funny. Yeah. You can't so just have a nice good, voice. You, you got to, but it's just confidence. I mean, that's the key to everything, isn't it? From, from like meeting your partner to being a, you know, being successful in any job. Confidence is, is the key. And again, they should teach that in school rather than algebra. It would be, it's so much more valuable. So, come, yeah, I mean, look, everything I've ever done has had humor connected to it. I've never really understood why you would do anything that isn't funny. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. The world is so in such a terrible state. Why would you do anything if you're in show business 
that isn't humorous. And I lost a lot of work over the years because like, I remember when I was like auditioning for radio stuff early on and I would do gags all the time and people would be like, but that, why, why does it, why are you doing it funny? Just do it, you know, just tell us what the record's called. And I'm like, what's the point? They know what the record's called. Weirdly, like five minute news is like the first thing I've done that isn't humorous. It's good though, Anthony. Later on, I want to find out how you've adapted to living in Los Angeles. This is the Pod 20, which is heard on podcast radio on DAB in London, the home counties, Manchester, Birmingham and Glasgow, on demand in the USA at talkers.com, around the world on multiple platforms and as a podcast itself. Into the chart now, and at number 20, Impausable, with Logan Paul, the world's greatest, most thought-provoking, mentally stimulating podcast in the history of mankind. Hosted by a bunch of idiots. At 19, fortunately, with Fee and Jane, a frank look behind the scenes with Jane Garvey and Fee Glover. Guests from radio, TV and podcasting share stories they probably shouldn't. This week, they talk to the historian and presenter, Dan Snow. 18, comedy gold mines with Kevin Hart. Dive into the minds of some of the world's funniest people. Number 17, Wine Chats with Bildo and Lindelin. One of the episodes talks about some pretty personal stuff. Can we talk about that? Yeah, we can okay. try. Yeah, okay. Try. The episode entitled Let's Get Intimate. Oh, yeah, that was me. That was, was a good one. Yeah, that was one of our first ones. Um, I was wearing lingerie for my husband and I felt totally, completely like a fool because that's just not me. And I was like hiding in the bathroom trying to get enough confidence to come out for him. Yeah, because with some women, you know what I mean? Like that's just I put my pajamas on and I'm in bed. I'm like, yeah, whatever. So, yeah, I, was I think trying that, was to, the episode, no, that was the episode oh. about the husband's getting handsy. Was it? I think it was about the husband's getting handsy. I know. Oh, no, I think you might be. About? I think you might be thinking of the one about the quiche. Um, that the husband's getting handsy. No, we talk a lot about husbands getting handsy. Oh, I see. Okay, okay, because it does come up in that one. I know that much. Yeah. Yes, right. I don't. I I feel like let's get intimate yeah. prompted having Ben on, because then oh, yes. he got we my brother in law who's very well spoken. We had him on the show a few episodes later because he he had beef with us about the episode Let's Get Intimate because yeah. I think it was something around like about basically women saying, like, we're so sick of husbands just wanting to grab all the, can us. I do this? Is that, yeah. that you, you can edit that out. Like, <laughs> grab you Anything visual is fine, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I think it was, yeah, I think that, because I always that remember it? that episode because it prompted Ben to contact us and be like, you may think we're handsy, but because we don't get enough intimacy, like, you know, this is how men get intimacy and this is how women get intimacy. It kind of started that particular conversation about like what, how, how women and men perceive intimacy differently. So I think Let's Get Intimate was more about like how we perceive intimacy, which is kind of annoying a lot of the times when we're busy and <laughs> and tired and have headaches conveniently. Right. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Who was it? Said, was it was it Pamela Stevenson? Billy Connolly's missus. But did, did she actually, was it her that said women need to feel love to have sex and men need to have sex to feel loved. I think that was yes. the quote. Yes. And the thing, so it was yes, along those was lines. Ben busted out for us. Yes. That's exactly oh, what yes. he, he said it too. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that, for me, honestly, it resonates. Like I get it because yeah. if men aren't 
getting sex, then obviously they don't feel that like lovey-dovey kind of intimacy. This is very loose. But, you know, obviously for for us to get to the point where we want sex, we need to have that like romance and that intimacy and that like yeah. relaxation in our brain. So we're two totally different and you guys really are from Mars. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, no, and you lot are really from Venus because Venus' atmosphere is mostly poisonous gas, and that that explains your <laughs> it explains your obsession with scented candles and scented stuff. Yeah. Right? Isn't that disgusting? <laughs> Seriously, in my mouth, salted caramel salted, and yes. rum and raisin, baby. Ew, uh, <laughs> those are the worst that smells. Literally, ever. smells like sex to me. It's amazing. <laughs> it smells like cheapness and horse sex oh my to God. me. Those. Isn't sense. that the best kind of sex with the oh. Okay, okay, we're going to stop there. It's Wine Chats with Bildo and Lindelin. It's at number 17 this week on the Pod 20. Number 16, and that's why we drink. Chilling ghost stories and terrifying true crime. The world's a scary place, and that's why we drink. At 15, Atletico Mints. Bob Mortimer and Andy Dawson's podcast. Brass Hands, Blue Drink and more. It's not really about football. Do you know what I mean? At number 14, West Cork. This is a great true crime podcast. In 1996, a French film producer is found dead near her holiday home in Ireland. There's no witnesses and no known motive. The police suspect one man in the community, but they can't make a charge stick and he refuses to leave, living under the glare of suspicion ever since. This series brings together people who have never spoken publicly before, and the suspect puts forward his case. West Cork, it's at number 14 this week. At 13, five-minute news from Anthony Davis. Anthony is my special guest, connecting from across the Atlantic via Zoom. How are you going? I'm pretty good, thank you, Graham. Uh, this is very nice to see you. I... I... I feel it's so natural now to kind of do online interviews and even, you know, I, I chatted with someone the other day for two hours on a, on a FaceTime and I, afterwards I just, it hadn't occurred to me that we weren't in the same room together. Yeah. I think we're just so used to it now. So this is lovely. Thanks for having me in your studio. No worries. We, um, we take the technology for granted now. I mean, you're in Los Angeles. And yes, I know. It doesn't look like it, does it? <laughs> How come you're in LA? Um, well, lots of reasons. My brother moved to LA. I lived in London for 40 years. I grew up, I was born in London. I grew up in London. And uh, a lot of people you meet in London are not from London. They've come to London from, from somewhere. And I was one of the few Londoners. And, and so the thing is, my whole life was basically in two square miles in the center of London. So I knew every nook and cranny and every restaurant and hotel and and then when I started working on the radio in London, I kind of became an ambassador for the city, really. And so I, was, I wasn't I was done, but I still, I love travel and I love flying and flights. And the, the Los Angeles flight, they call it the red carpet route, is, you know, 10, between 10 and 11 hours, depending on where the wind is blowing. And my brother moved to LA and I used to come visit him. And every time I came, Graham, I just had... I had such a great time. I, I kind of didn't want to come back. And there's very few places in the world that I've been to where I haven't wanted to just spring back to London after three or four days. But LA just seemed to be a place that was very, it was just very interesting to me. It, you know, I, I couldn't work it out. Like it had no center. It had no, it wasn't like London where you could just walk everywhere. You couldn't walk anywhere. 
<laughs> you can barely and drive anywhere, was... though. You can you can spend a long time on, on the 405 and, and all of the freeways. You can spend a long time on well, that. Well, that... That's only if you commute, you know, and I, I don't have a regular job. But if you commute and you have a daily in and out rush hour, then yes, I agree. But I have I was only stuck in traffic once in four years. Wow. And that was because of some police event. So it's that's not really an issue to those of us that have stupid jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so where are, where are we talking to you right now? Where are you? I'm in the Hollywood Hills in Laurel Canyon, the very famous location for, for musicians. Uh, music history. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Carol King wrote Tapestry here. Joni Mitchell was here. Jim Morrison was here. The Eagles were born here. And there's a wonderful Netflix show. I think it's Netflix. It might be on Amazon Prime. I'm not sure. But there's called Laurel Canyon, which is a, a kind of documentary, multi-part documentary, which if you're interested in music history and also because this area was so cheap, you see, in the 60s, the Sunset Strip, which is just two miles down the road, was obviously where the studios were and where all the action was happening and all the, mu all the musicians played at the venues down there. But Laurel Canyon was like a wilderness, like a kind of communist wilderness up on a hill. And it was very cheap to live here. And so that's why all the musicians lived here. And that's where the music history was born. It's not so cheap anymore. Yeah. Well, probably because but, of the documentary. <laughs> yeah, that's what did it, definitely. So, <laughs> but it's a, it's a blessing to live up here, and it really, it, you know, people think of LA as being concrete and traffic, and I think of LA as being vegetation and and natural history, and you know, we're surrounded by coyotes and raccoons, and you know, it's it's we're really up in up in nature, and it's it's beautiful. And five minute news is pretty good looking as well. Coming up, I want to find out about your first big break, which was as a cast member on Grange Hill. Five Minute News is at number 13 this week on the Pod 20. At 12, The Mindset Mentor, the podcast for you if you need motivation, direction and focus in life, hosted by Rob Dial. Number 11, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Recent guests include Morgan Freeman. At 10, Sword and Scale a true crime podcast covering the dark side of humanity and human nature. Murder, rape, dismemberment and cannibalism. The worst monsters are real. Number nine. Equal Parts from Maria Passingham. The podcast where couples tell the story of how they met. Maria, let's talk about the podcast. Sure. The decision to, to leave yourself out like obviously, because I've been the one of the guests on. Julie and I have <laughs> we told our meeting story, and yeah. we were the guests on it. And of course, you interview us, you ask questions, and we give answers. Mm -hmm. But then you take yourself out and just have the <laughs> guests tell their stories. Yeah. Why? Why did you decide to do it that way? Well, when I started it, um, I just it was necessity that someone had to kind of host it and frame it right and I was yeah, there you, and yeah. I was making and you're good it, at that was, yeah which, which, thank which, you yeah I don't I, I don't think I was natural at the beginning I think I'm getting better um but I didn't want to be in it more than absolutely necessary you know I didn't want to be cutting in with um something to distract and just for my ego sort of thing so I felt like the stories would the point is that they, these couples are telling their stories in an entwined way. And if to have a, a third not involved voice would just feel wrong to me. Um, and also I kind of lifted it from another podcast. Did you? Which one? 
<laughs> song exploder. Right. Um, well, there's nothing. There's no shame in that. I mean, all the no. greatest musicians will will say that. You know, they were influenced by, you know, whatever their influences were along the yeah. way. And I see no reason why podcasting can't have the same. No, I agree. I mean, how many people have you know just a just a a, 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 a interview format? You know, that's like it's not a unique yeah, style, but exactly. it works. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I I saw how they did it and. I imagine that Rishikesh must ask these amazing questions because the answers that he gets are so detailed. But by removing himself, it's it allows the musician to kind of show the progression of their song uninterrupted. And, you know, also it's like it's very helpful as an editor because you can really move things around and no one knows. <laughs> and do you record yourself and the guest on separate tracks so that you can't talk over them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I record all my guests separately, which actually through lockdown has been a, a silver lining because, you know, even if I do interrupt, they I can get rid of that. It's not like we're in the same room together. Yeah, it's isolated. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't even record myself if I didn't need to, but, you know, that's the way technology works. And the decision to have the couples, for those who haven't heard Equal Parts, each one of the couple tells their story, but the other partner isn't there with them and you were very strict with us that we shouldn't talk before and get our story straight it should go on our own memory of how julie and i met yeah why did you decide to do it that way because i think that's where the charm lies because if if you're both telling something that's kind of rehearsed or um that you've discussed, you're going to end up using the same turn of phrase or that talking about focusing on the same details. And I like the moments when someone tells me a story that the other person hasn't even thought to bring in, or when someone misremembers something like in season one, this couple agreed that they met at a jukebox in a pub and that they kind of connected over a song they were choosing, but they missed, like each remembered a different song. Like if they were, <laughs> if I recorded them either together or they had spoken about it beforehand, I'm sure that wouldn't have happened. And that's one of, I think the most charming moments in the whole season is, is that discrepancy. Um, you know, people, these stories are so important to people's lives, but also over time details change. And so I, I kind of want that, that to be organic. Yeah, I think with ours, I think we were pretty, we had the this, this story pretty much the same, but I didn't mention that our first date was at a Chinese restaurant. Um, <laughs> I mentioned getting Julie's phone number, but not the reason why. Um, yeah. And yeah. Julie didn't mention about the uh, the mishap with the wedding car or the not wedding oh, car. Oh, she didn't mention any of that. She didn't mention that. The, me she mentioned friends... seeing you outside, but she yeah. didn't mention sort of the, the aftermath. <laughs> Right, that we'd uh, we'd nobbled the wrong car. We went to, we went to a wedding, or I went to a wedding that I wasn't invited to, and um, and my friends and I sorted out the uh, the the couple's car with toilet paper, and it was a white car. And we wrote on it with lipstick and stuff. And then when we left, we realised we'd done the wrong car. We someone went to a wedding in a Hillman Hunter and got the car, and, and I still don't know which which car it was. <laughs> This is the Pod 20, the definitive countdown of the top 20 podcasts right now. We've reached number eight, which is Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast. Bill rants about relationships, sport, and the Illuminati. Number seven, the Adam Buxton Podcast. 
Adam's latest ramble chat is with the American artist, Laurie Anderson. At six, Freakonomics Radio. Discover the hidden side of everything with Stephen J. Dubner, co-author of the Freakonomics books. Let's check in with my special guest now, the host of 5-Minute News, Anthony Davis. Growing up, your parents ran a clothes shop. Was the pressure on you to go into that line of work? Well, I started in retail because I, I was the magician in Harrods. <laughs> so, you know, from when, when I was a kid, I, was, I went to drama school and that's how I got taught to speak nicely. You know, I didn't go to university or anything like that. I, I, my family were Cockney from the East End, but my, I'm the only one in my family that, that speaks like this. And so it's, it's very interesting, isn't it, that you... I used to say this on the radio to people that called in that were complaining about university fees. I would say, just get elocution lessons, <laughs> 500 pounds, done. And people will think you've gone to Oxford or Cambridge. It's all you need. And so voice for me has always been like some a, a real constant. Um, I've always done voices, characters, and that I think was born at a very early age. Our next door neighbor brought his brother-in-law over, who happened to be the voice of this guy. Uh, this is Tigger, Tigger, you may remember. And yeah. the, the actor's name was Paul Winchell. And, very, and anybody over the age of 50 or 60 in America knows Paul Winchell because he was a mainstay on television as a ventriloquist and as a, a voice actor for Hanna-Barbera. So it was Gargamel, he was Dick Dastardly, and he had a very kind of gruff voice, you know? Hezriel! He sounded like that. And so... He came to my house when I was like six and did all the voices. And so, of course, that was going to influence me. So that's my story, really. Just, you know, that. And he lived in the Hollywood Hills. And here we are all these years later. And I'm now doing voices on TV cartoons. And he passed away about 10 years ago. But I kept in touch. I have an inscribed autobiography from him. And it, it's, it's like, you know, the circle of life, Graham. It's the wheel of fortune. You mentioned drama school. According to Wikipedia, you appeared in Grange Hill. Well, that, that's right. And for the non-Brits, we should say that that was a kind of cult TV children's drama set in a comprehensive school. Very edgy from drama. from 1977. Yeah. It was good, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, everybody, all the kids watched it. Yeah. I was in it from 80, 1986 to 1989. Which character were you Maybe. then? Because I tried to find out, and I was looking at the pictures, and I can't, I can't place you because you yes, must have looked I've completely changed. different. Of course, I wasn't bald. <laughs> That's what, I'm looking I didn't for the have bald a beard. <laughs> <laughs> so, which character um, were you? If anyone remembers the show, no one is going to remember me because I started as an extra for the first few months. Um, because the drama school that I went to as a kid supplied children, as did a lot of the, the drama schools in London, supplied children to be extras in Grange Hill. So I started as an extra. And, um, and then because I was, you know, quite, I don't know, I was, I had, I wasn't that confident, strangely, but I, I was a good actor. Like I loved acting. So they gave me a few lines and then I got a character name, which was Jimmy Kennedy. And, and the thing about Grange Hill was that all of the leading actors had to be in every scene. So we were all extras all the time because, you know, we were in classrooms. And so even if you didn't have a few lines, you had to be in the background looking like you were paying attention. So I had, a, I had a few scenes in one episode and then I started to get a little bit more. And then over the, over a couple of years, I kind of had a few bits and pieces and it got bigger and bigger. And then, 
And then I left and did other kind of children's BBC stuff, um, other dramas on, on, on the BBC. And then I was in Press Gang briefly as well, which was another cult show that was over on the other channel yeah. um, with Dexter Fletcher. And, and he just directed Rocket Man. So, I mean, clearly, if this is a competition, I'm not winning. Anthony Davis, my special guest this week, the host of 5-Minute News. Anthony will be back next week on the Pod 20. Back into the chart now, and we're into the top five. At number five, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. After 25 years at the late-night desk, Conan has never made a real and lasting friendship with any of his celebrity guests. So, he started a podcast to fix that. Conan's latest guest is the writer, director and producer, Adam McKay. Number four, Crime Junkie. If you can never get enough true crime, congratulations, you've found your people. At three, Curiosity Cake with Lee Delaney. Lee, you've had some amazing guests. Who's been your favourite? Ah, uh, I knew you were going to ask me something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think... Oh. Do you know, Lisa Harvey Smith was brilliant. I think uh, there's, there's so many people. Uh, there was a guy called Balan Cacho who um, was talking about ants um, and he was just so enthusiastic. I even, I, I was even actually looking for someone to talk about a different kind of insect. But from doing that research to find someone, I came across him and his enthusiasm was so much. I just dropped the other idea and just said to him, oh, will you come and talk about ants? And and he was well up for it. And he, he just loves the subject so much that it just... Like I, I barely had to do anything, you know, for that episode <laughs> to be good. Like he, he was, he was so great. Um, I think even, even during that episode, I was, I was, I was constantly, it was just wow moment after wow moment. I thought ants were going to be interesting, but they were so, there was so much more to it than I like even imagined there was going to be. Um, so that was definitely favorite. Um, did one about nuclear fusion with Nick Walkden, who works at the UK Atomic Energy Authority. Again, someone else who's really passionate, really enjoys talking about his subject. Um, and another really fascinating uh, kind of topic where um, he works at a site in Oxfordshire. Um, and he was saying that when they are working on fusion and getting it going is that they actually create heat that makes it the hottest place in the, in the solar system. Um, so like fusion works where you have to generate a, a large amount of heat because it's mimicking what goes on in the sun um, but it's, it'll only be in a tiny space I'm guessing but in that space yeah, it's yeah, there, yeah yeah it's in it, yeah it's in that like that small contained space and there's a lot of kind of um, fallout science that goes around of like the materials that you use in there the robotics for like how you get that to work and like repair the materials and things because obviously like humans can't go into that space um, you know so so that was another great episode with lots of little kind of bits from that one of my first episodes was with um, a nutritionist talking about no um, her approach to like no nonsense nutrition, um, and she terms uses the term nutri of like lots of the kind of <laughs> lots of the kind of um, Gwyneth Paltrow style kind of nutrition advice where we're like you know we talk about you know what what's a good and sensible reasonable way to approach kind of healthy eating you know because like every day there's almost different articles about what's healthy um, you know and then she 
told me about some crazy diets of like cabbage diet where people would just eat cabbage, cotton wool diet where people are eating cotton wool. I think the idea is that then that fills you up so you don't want to <laughs> eat anymore. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know how people can do that. I don't know if they're putting like HP sauce on the cotton wool or like tomato ketchup or something to try to make it palatable to get it down. But yeah. I can't, I don't think I can say like, what's my favorite guest so far. No, because uh, you've got to get guests. How do you get your guests? <laughs> I generally, I just email them and ask if they'll be So on. it's someone that you're uh, generally, you you discover them however they, they come across and you think, oh, this would be an interesting person to get on and that's the motivation to get them. Yeah, I'll, I'll either kind of think of a topic that I want to do beforehand and then go and find someone or just as I've, as I've been trying to build up my Twitter presence, um, like following like academics, um, like academic Twitter and things like that. Um, it's just coming across people th through those conversations. So um, the, the, uh, there was a really great person called Helena Hartman that did an episode. She studies the relationship between pain and empathy. Um, her kind of hypothesis being that we, we develop a certain level of empathy through seeing the pain that other people go through. Um, so she actually does experiments where she inflicts little bits of pain on people to see what happens in their brain, what it does to like, uh, the regions where empathy. Great um, job for a sadist, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's just, um, she uses those electric shocks. Um, so it's not, it's not too much there's much more extreme people researching pain. Like there's one guy that did a load of experiments on himself, um, where he was inflicting pain in different kinds of ways. He had an insect sting his testicles, um, and he was then kind of given everything a score. Um, really? So, uh, what did you do at work today, dear? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real dedication to science, right there. Lee Delaney with Curiosity Cake at number three this week. At number two, shagged, married, annoyed. The only way Rosie and Chris Ramsey can have a conversation without being interrupted by a toddler or ending up staring at their phones is by doing a podcast. And at number one... Obsessed with, from BBC Radio. We're obsessed with Line of Duty. That's it for episode 50 of the Pod 20. Thanks to this week's guest pod stars, Anthony Davis, Bill Doan Lindelin, Maria Passingham and Lee Delaney. Next week, my special guest is Catherine Nikolai, who presents Nothing Much Happens, bedtime stories for grown-ups. Catherine, you're a meditation and yoga instructor. How did you get into that? Um, that was coming through college back, you know, 21 years or so ago, and just... Um, needing to find some way to take better care of myself. I had an eating disorder. I had a lot of other, I'd mentioned those control issues. That's all based in that. And I was an over-exerciser and sort of all the things that go with that disorder. And I found yoga and it just felt like a really, it was sort of love at first experience that I was just like, oh, this is the key that I've been looking for that opens the door that I can walk through and be a healthier person. So I was 19 and started to practice and found a really great teacher and started to sit meditation and trained to become a yoga teacher in 2003 and then opened the studio I'm in right now um, in 2006. So we're about to have 15 years. 
Oh, well done. Congratulations. I have to say, I enjoy meditation because the old joke is it's it's better than sitting around doing nothing uh, (laughs) when it is actually sitting around doing nothing. And that's what I like the best about it. So Mm -hmm. I'm a little anti-exercise. And I wonder if yoga is, for me, is like, I don't do yoga. And, and it bothers me that like, oh, you've taken something I love, which is sitting doing nothing. And you've, you've, you've stuck exercise onto it. Do, do, the, do the two work better together than separately? Because exercise is good for you as well. Um, yeah. do, the, do the two work better together than separately? Uh, for me, they do, you know, for me, and, and, you know, that's always been the roots of yoga is that it would have this mindful experience as part of the movement. Um, so for me, um, and I do lots of other kinds of exercise just for fun or for health, but I really like that feeling of being very directly tied into my body and feeling my weight shift or feeling something stretch. It could be very slow. It could be very, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, a super vigorous experience. But to me, it's just another way to meditate um, because I'm just watching moment to moment as things change in my body. I feel things. They rise and fall. I do the same when I meditate, but now I'm moving. I I get Um, that. I get the breathing thing would would mm -hmm. really be, would really work because of the breathing involved in meditation and being mindful. Yeah. But yeah. the exercise, I'm I'm going to leave alone. <laughs> well, if you want to come to any of my Zoom classes, I teach <laughs> you most do Zoom days. classes. Okay, I, I absolutely do. We have to be flexible right now. I don't know intended. how I'd look in a leotard, though. That's the thing. Well, you don't have to wear a leotard. <laughs> you can wear whatever you're comfortable with, and just give it a try. But it's not for everybody. That's okay. Catherine Nikolai, my special guest next week on the Pod Twenty. If you'd like to watch extended video chats with my guests, check them out on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And what will happen on the podcast chart next week? Will Obsessed With still be at number one? Will your favorite podcast make the top of the chart? Find out with me, Graham Mack, and influence the chart. Make a recommendation at thepodcastradio.co.uk. Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more.